Now we can have a podcast? Now. JudgeCast. This is episode number 114. My name is CJ Schrader, and with me, as always, my two drafty co-hosts. First off, we have Jess Dunks. I'm extremely drafty. It's very <laughs> windy in here. And Brian Pilliman. Hello. I have nothing clever to say oh, today. Next time. That next is weird. Time. That is weird. Like, you don't even have anything you think is clever? Well, I, I couldn't find it fast enough. I tried to look for the land of uh, the where the wild things are actually takes place in, and I couldn't find it fast enough, so I, oh, I just tapped out. Oh. All right. Well, to see where the wild things are and then our topic? Eh? No, I don't get it. I don't get it either. You don't get it? No. Yeah. What's the joke? You want me to we don't. We don't get the joke he didn't you tell. Don't get I the love joke. it. <laughs> Our topic today is the third in what I believe is going to be a four-part series on all the legal eponym formats. Uh, this time we've where we've, the wild things are. I don't get it. You guys are horrible. I think you're trolling. I think he's trying to say that casual events are wild. Is that it? Maybe because all this stuff that we're going to be talking about is like wacky, kooky stuff. It's not that wacky. Yeah, it's it's wackier than normal. Well, maybe anyway. I mean, there are some people that pretty much only do some of these things. Like, yeah, and they're wacky. <laughs> they can be they can crown Max as so their this ruler. Is, I don't. So this is our uh, three of probably four. Yeah, I think probably we got one four. more in us um, of this topic. So last I know, time I heard we about... got up to the S's and we're going to continuing our set of Arabian Nights <laughs> card by card. Welcome to drive to work. Welcome um, to our new podcast where we just read gather our rulings to you yes yeah that reminds me actually um speaking of driving uh, i haven't listened to it yet but i'm actually looking forward to listening to uh driving with judges have you guys listened to that yet yeah they have uh, they have yeah. two episodes out now yeah i i i i know um i'm looking forward to listening to it so I, what i want to do is i listen to it and then and then jared actually um gave me the the like original files yeah he was... yeah they, so so I kind of want to listen to those and compare the two to see what they cut out. I'm really curious uh, about this. He was so happy to have that airdrop thing. He was like, he's got an iPhone airdrop. Boom, boom, yep. Boom. He did the same thing to me. He's like, here, let me give you these. It's super fast. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was really fast. I was, I was surprised. Oh, wait, we're on the show right now. So the uh, I forgot. Um, <laughs> so driving uh, with judges. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Driving with judges yeah. is a new podcast with Jared Silva, Jason Flatford. Yes. I've always called him Flats, so when I started to yeah. say it, I forgot. And uh, Jason Reedy. Name too. Yeah, weird, right? Um, where they talk about judging stuff. And their first episode was about um, investigations. Uh, a little different than what Jared said on the on his episode with us. And their second episode was some travel tips. For those of you that don't remember, Jared Silva was on episode 111 of JudgeCast. And that was an awesome episode about investigations. Yeah. So these these guys, uh, since they work for Star City, they do a lot of events. So there there is definitely a a uh, uh, they're coming with a voice of experience in a lot of the stuff that they're talking about. Uh, and we wish them the best of luck. There's plenty of room in on people's hard drives for multiple podcasts. Nope. So their description. Please don't leave actually- us. I haven't actually listened to their event or to their 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 podcast yet, but their description of it is that it's really more of the the jokey story stuff than it is rules rulesy stuff. So uh, it's definitely more casual than what we typically have. 
So uh, it's going to be a different thing. And I'm excited that there are different things out there for people yes. because people like different things. And a little bit of road noise. Yeah, who doesn't yeah, love road noise? Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> it was first. They're <laughs> <laughs> still trying to work out the kinks. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, um, back to what we're talking about, about F&M, F&M formats. formats. Yes. Yes. Uh, so there was a – I heard about a store recently uh, that's running – in, I think it was Hawaii. A friend of mine was visiting Hawaii and he found a store that's running tiny leaders as an FNM format. Beautiful. Uh, and I was like, sure. yes, sure, I, must immediately moved, I must immediately <laughs> move to Hawaii. Um, but I didn't, unfortunately. Uh, well, maybe not in the time. The time zones work out great for this show. If you maybe maybe that could be our next contest. Send Jess to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> Kickstarter. All right. Whole new contest for, go, for the uh, winner. We'll send just away. Yes, um, GoFundMe.com. Send just away. So for for these drafts, we're about to talk about. Uh, oh, they, we're talking about drafts. They really fall into two different categories. First off, if you don't know how to draft, well, our very first FNM format episode explains that. But you probably already know how to draft. Uh, so they kind of fall into two categories. The first is where like the format of the draft is a little different, and the second category is kind of like. Um, the cards you're drafting are different, but it's the standard eight people around a table or some number around a table, and you're drafting three packs, quote unquote. Uh, but we'll get to those when we come to them. So the first one we were going to talk about today is Solomon Draft. Solomon Draft is pretty sweet. I know it's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, Solomon Draft was actually originated at one of the first Pro Tours, I think. Um, I don't remember what. Or no, it was the Invitational. It was one of the or the the back when they had the players Invitational, or whatever, where they gave out a card. Or a card, like, let somebody design a card as the winner. Right, right. Um, this was one of the formats they used for that. But anyway, so it's a uh, it's a two-player draft format uh, where you take three packs and uh, you your opponent also has three packs and you open all the packs without looking at them and shuffle them together and you leave in the lands. And one player goes first and they uh, take the top eight cards, sort them into two piles, kind of like a fact or fiction thing uh as in any number of cards they want so it could be like four and four or it could be like two and six uh and then the other player gets to look at those piles and pick one to put in their draft pool and then the other the the original player who sorted the piles gets to take what's left and then we go back to the first or the second player and he gets to do that he gets to look at the top eight cards separate them into two piles we just go back and forth until all the cards are picked um and when there's when there's there are no cards left um the pool of cards will have two cards left and you can either just do the last one with 10 cards or don't use the last two cards. It, it's really up to you. Yeah. I read but, both today. Um, so, well, I mean, it's, it's being the form, the kind of formatted as it is, you just should do whatever works best for you. And this also depends on, uh, what kind of packs you're drafting because the number of cards can vary depending on the set. Um, yeah. So, so I guess that's less true if you're leaving in the land. So never mind. Um, well, if you're doing homelands, right. <laughs> If you're doing any kind of drafting with homelands, then I'm, you need to go to go home and rethink your life. Just okay, saying, <laughs> I'm just saying it could happen. Theoretical possibility. Uh, so uh, the players. So so two important things that can happen here. Uh, you could get an uneven number of cards, and in extreme situations, you could get a very low number of cards. So you have to watch out for that because you might not get enough playables. Um, and then you just add as many lands as you want and the two players play against each other. It's surprisingly quick and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And then it also it kind of dovetails into Winston draft, which I hope yeah. you don't mind if I also talk about. Go for it. Because I've, I've done both of these, right? So yeah, I've never played um, any of these. So Winston draft is probably my absolute favorite way to draft, even though it's only for two players. Um, 
you take the same thing, you take six packs total, you shuffle them together, and then you put them down in one pile. Um, so what you do is you take the top three cards, you put them face down in three piles next to the, the shuffled pile. So basically you have four piles of cards. Now, three of those piles only have one card in them, but that's going to change here in a minute. So that we'll just call them four piles. So the starting player looks at the first pile and they go, do I want this pile? And they, they think to themselves, do I want this or do I want to keep looking? Because if they take that, that pile of cards, then they have to take the, the top card of the shovel pile and replace it. Or they could take the top card of the shuffle pile, put it on top of that card, and look at the next pile and keep going. If they don't take any of the first three piles, they have to take one off the top. Now, this is where it gets interesting, because then the next player gets to look. He gets to look at a pile that has two cards in it and decide whether or not he wants to keep that pile. Um, and so if you don't take that stack of cards, again, you get to put one on top and keep going. Uh, and you end up with a situation where you have you, you, you either something really good is in it and you take it, or there's some mediocre cards in it, and it just keeps stacking up with mediocre cards until somebody finally takes it. What's cool about that is you can see what kinds of, because you've seen some of the cards that your opponent gets, you can kind of start to gauge what colors they're drafting because you see what they take. Um, now, keep in mind, whenever they take a pile, you replace that pile with a single card from the top of the stack. And again, you can end up with uneven amounts of cards when you're done. Yeah. I think I, think I, I, I went on a, a little bit of a tangent there. I think I covered everything, though, right? Yeah. Um, you still got unlimited lands. Uh, you get to build a deck and then play against your opponent. Yeah, I should probably mention all of these formats are 40-card minimum decks, and you have unlimited lands, just like any yeah. other draft in the world. I've done a lot of two-player formats where, where you just to practice against other I've done two-player sealed, which is uh, not really an FNM format. I mean, you suppose you could do it as an FNM format, where two players just build a sealed deck and play against each other to practice, and then they switch sealed decks and rebuild them and play again. Hmm. That that was a lot of fun, actually. Interesting, yeah. Um, but anyway, so what's a, what's next up on the list? All right, there's rotisserie draft, which I believe was the one of the earliest true draft formats. Like they wizards believed a long, long time ago, this was going to be the draft format. Uh, well, it's strictly speaking, a rotisserie draft, and by extension, I think Rochester draft are uh, are very skill intensive. Yes, they're, they're I, extremely skill intensive. They're hard. I wouldn't want to play them. So rotisserie draft is, uh, you've probably heard about it. It's a, it's a face up draft. So I've read about it in two different ways. Also, uh, one is you just take every card from a set or a block and you have some number of players. Uh, you want enough players where they'll each get about 40 cards when it's all said and done. So I'm not gonna do the math, but you would want, like, if you wanted eight players, then you need eight times 40 cards, uh, but you take the whole thing or if you're doing a bunch of packs you could do three packs each person open all the packs and you lay them all face up on the table all the packs and then in order in some randomly determined order uh, a player goes up to it takes their pick and sits back down and then player two does the same player three does the same and so on and so forth uh, all the way till you get to the eighth player and what we do on this is we call it uh, snaking so you go one two three all the way to eight and then eight gets to take two picks because they got to go eight. So it's kind of un unfair for them. And you go all the way back. Uh, does first get to take two picks when they gets back to them? I would yeah. say so. Yeah. Yes. Just like just like uh, when you're picking uh, you're you're picking the guys in your uh, fantasy fantasy football league. I have never or... played fantasy football. 
sports ball, right? I don't understand yeah. your references. Okay, when you're driving, never mind. It's just going to be more sports references. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's, it goes like, in a, in a, so it'd go one, two, three, three, two, one, one, two, three, only all the way up to eight and back down. That makes sense. And back up again. It's just a pendulum swinging back and forth. <clears throat> yeah, that's what it's And there's also, um, as you mentioned, this can be done with all of the packs in a draft, or it can be done with um, with um, a set. Yeah. Uh, I've got. I've actually got a, uh, a group of friends that every time a set comes out, they do a, rot- a rotisserie draft with it, and then they record what everybody picked, and they start figuring out the best like pick orders. And this is actually how they figure out what's best in limited. Uh, so it's pretty. It's actually pretty good for practice. Uh, something that's not on the original FNM list that is kind of like this is something called uh, Rochester Draft. Yeah, I don't know anything about Rochester. Uh, so Rochester Draft is basically exactly the same thing, but you do it one uh, one booster pack at a time. Oh, so so the reason why they say this is this is the most skill testing for one of the most skill testing formats of Magic is you have in when when building your deck. Or when drafting, you have perfect information. Right. Yeah. So okay. in, in Theros, for example, the first pick is almost always Elspeth, right? So the guy who takes the Elspeth is clearly in white. So you don't want to go, well, after you take that Elspeth, I'm going to take some other awesome white card. Because what's the point? You guys are going to be in doing different things. So you, you get perfect information. And you that also means later on you can take some of the cards that are important to somebody and you know who's in what. So it's it's really interesting yeah. uh, to watch people play to take part of. How, however, it, it like the the aspect of it because you do have perfect information. What that means is things start taking a really long time to decide yep. because you have so many variables going into that computer between your brain that you you might just short out. Hmm. You know, can I ask where the computer that's between your brain is? Yeah. Uh, between your ears, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we know where mine is. Mine is clearly not there, not where it's supposed to be. Um, and and uh, I think I think I've heard that they've kind of steered away from this because it's also um, because you do have perfect information, and, and if you screw up, it's a lot more ego damaging, I guess. From that standpoint, it's like, oh, how could you have done that? You know, you had all this information. Why didn't you make the right play? Whereas it makes you feel with, dumb. Makes you feel dumb. Whereas with regular draft, uh, you can kind of, you know, if you make a if you make a bad pick, well, yeah, you could be like, well, I didn't know what other people were doing. Yeah, that's that's what I do. Yeah. Oh, this guy was in my colors. I didn't know. I didn't know. I got I got the feel that the packs were that red was going to dry up on me. Yeah. So. So, yeah. All right. So let's talk about the other formats that are mentioned on this bad boy. Uh, cube draft. I think if you're familiar with draft, you're familiar with cube draft. And cube draft is just... So these, these are the drafts where uh, everyone's going to sit down. They're going to draft something. But usually you want eight people and they're opening packs and they draft like normal. Uh, so cube draft is just like any other draft in the world, except you are using a somebody's custom... Packs. I, yeah, packs is a good answer because I was going to say sure. custom set, but I mean custom set as in they have taken existing magic cards, put them together, and uh, made a new quote unquote set using those cards, and then you draft it. So usually cubes are made of uh, 
what someone's opinion of the most powerful cards in Magic is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other things to support them to keep the colors balanced. And then they take this giant collection of cards and they just make random packs of 15 cards out of them. And that's what they used to draft. Yep. Uh, it's a blast. There is a quote unquote official cube. This is the one they use on Magic Online. But you don't have to use that. You can use it as a basis if you want to. But there's actually, if you look online, a pretty strong community just of cube enthusiasts who have lots of lists right. of different kinds and there's tons of different types of cubes in the sense of there's there's pauper cubes where everything's a common and there's there's powered cubes you know with power nine in it and there's unpowered cubes and there's cubes with conspiracy cards and really it's you can express yourself in a lot of different ways um one of the one of the big concerns that i think i've seen with cubes is Yes, they're very, very valuable, and you really have to trust the people that you're drafting with and the people around the people that you're drafting with. Yeah, that makes sense. I've never actually seen Cube done as an FNM format. I know there are places that do it, but I've never seen it done as an actual tournament format. The only time I've seen Cube drafting done is when somebody has a Cube in their home or on their person and they cube with eight people or seven other people that they know. Yeah. There's a store about uh, an hour and a half from here that has a store cube. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, that just scares me. But it's commons. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's because, because that's, yeah, because if you're a store, you're just putting a lot of cards into inventory, you know, into this thing. And, uh-huh. and cubes actually really scare me a lot too, uh, just from the standpoint of you turn your back for one minute. And it's gone. And it's gone. Or, you know, you always get that one guy that's just like, you know, he plays like one round and then he wants to leave. And you know, it's not even it's not so you were we're making it sound like stuff gets stolen all the time, which is just not true. It's just the the possibility makes it scary. And also more than the theft possibility is just the fact that there are people that are really rough on cards. And some of these cards are really expensive. And you don't want people to be rough with them. Yeah. I don't know. I realize that there's a lot of people that like it. I would just say that if you're going to if you're going to play cube draft, uh, do it with people that you know. Yeah, I, I think personally, cube draft is one of the most fun things you can do. But it's more fun and the most fun if you do it with your friends. And, and you should just leave that to you, you. You probably shouldn't like an expensive cube. You just probably shouldn't do it in public. And it's most fun when the cards belong to somebody else and you don't got to worry about them at all. Yeah. <laughs> So the one thing I had to discussion about cube is uh, proxies are still illegal. There's a, there's a lot of uh, cubes out there with proxy cards, but you can't have proxies in, in even if, in these FNM formats. If it's an FNM, if it's a sanctioned event, you can't have proxies. There's nothing to keep you from having proxies in your cube at home. Uh, I'm not going to encourage you to do that because I would prefer you give money to to places that keep magic alive. But if you want a powered cube to interact with your friends and you don't want to buy a Black Lotus, I get that. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one we have on here is Reject Rare Draft. So I don't know. I guess a store could fund this. But basically, it's just the entire... It's kind of like a cube, actually. But the entire pool of cards are just old rares. Just bad, probably junk rares. Yeah. awful rares like even Praetor. Yeah. Um, so somebody, you know, you get together. You make a pack, quote unquote, of 15 rares. And everyone gets one of those. And you do that three times and you draft. There, there's, there are. So I've, I've done this, and it's always hilarious. I love it. Yeah, I, I would do it. I, I, 
I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of draft, but I I love getting you know like Visadrix and <laughs> even Prater, the big giant bunny, and then you got like the really weird wacky red enchantment that doesn't do anything ever. That was just your last pick sitting over the side. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. Uh, stabilizer with no, I think that's the one that's cycling, right? No cycling cards, and you've got a stabilizer. I don't know that card. I think that's the one that, uh, stabilizer. Man. 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 No, I can't, oh, there it is. Uh, yeah, players can't cycle cards. Oh, good. That ends up being, that ends up being a, a, a pick, uh, very, very late in your reject rare draft. I mean, that's that's when you know a car is really, really bad. <laughs> it's when it's the last pick at a reject. Yeah. So another draft for it. Pick a pack draft is what it's called in this FNM thing. But I've also heard it called grab bag draft, uh, which is basically where everyone's packs they are drafting are not necessarily the same packs or from the same block or anything like that. Uh, it could be you you bring your own packs. You know, it could be you have, I don't know, one from 24 different sets if you wanted to. So. So I got a, a question for this. Um, so right now, all packs are, you know, really 14 cards and one basic land. Mm-hmm. Some older packs are 15 cards uh, with no basic land. And then some other really old packs, if you go back to like Fallen Empires, you get, they're the dark, you get eight cards in a pack. Yeah. So if you're pick attack, what do you do? Do you do like, now I haven't done this, so I'm just kind of musing out loud. Do you take like two packs of Fallen Empires and say that's one pack? Or, you know, I would, I mean, first off, I would leave the basic land in the pack. I mean, you might, I think you might be over, you might be overthinking this. Yeah. I think you're overthinking this. There's no one's ever going to do it. You you just have nothing wheel. Yeah. Like, I mean, so let let me give you things. The closest I've ever gotten to this was drafting Lore Seeker in a conspiracy draft, which for those of you that don't know, lets you add a pack to the draft right there. Okay. Um, and grabbing another pack, which is going to enter the circulation at the wrong time. And it really wasn't that big of a deal. It just people knew it went around weird. Yeah. OK, so if you have a eight card pack of like falling, you just have an eight card pack. Yeah. Then it's just going to fall out. Yeah. OK. Like, yeah, that might not be ideal. But at this point, I think everybody's just doing it to have a good time anyway. So here's the, tr- the real answer to that is figure it out. And what everybody wants to go with is what you should do. Yeah. Um, if, if you go, I'm going to do homelands and they go, well, you better use two packs, then use two packs. But if you go, I want to use two homelands packs and everybody goes, why would you use two? Well, use one, then just use one. Like it doesn't matter. Um, expensive. So homelands packs. I know it's a joke. They're actually not expensive. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, I honestly, that's why I've only ever really heard about homelands drafts like this. And I, I think that's why, because the packs are cheap. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I opened <laughs> for that one lore seeker draft I was telling you about. I, uh, I went and to the counter and bought a pack of Modern Masters just because I thought it would be fun. <laughs> I opened a Bob. It was sweet. <laughs> so I heard of an alternate for this pick a pack too, which is everybody drafts the packs they're going to open before you actually open the cards and draft draft the uh, draft the actual cards. So like, you know, if an Alpha booster was in there, you'd want to draft the Alpha booster. Because you want to be the first one to open that one, I'm sure, or beta. Um, or if it's a set you think would have a really good good cards in it. I don't know how you do that. I guess put them all in a pile and just circle around. 
so so something I've seen that's kind of neat. This was this was at a few uh, GPs a while back, but they would have uh, they called them chaos drafts. You know, the pick. Uh, so you would have um, uh, thirty six packs uh, of all different types in the in the in the in the draft. Now the players would pick just reaching in at random. You would pick your three packs, and so you would be removing twenty four packs. And then the remaining uh, uh, 12 random ones would be the prize. And when they did it, like there was a revised pack uh, uh, in that pool of 36. And there was, you know, some like a, a, some Urza packs in there uh, as well, which are which are, you know, kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but they could be prize packs or they could be packs that are actually in the draft. Yeah, I've actually done one of these, unlike everything else. And uh that's how I did. I just put them all in a bag and it's just random. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Now, is that so that's the uh, kind of a pick a pack draft, right? Like, yeah. so that's that's pick a pack draft. But this is not the same thing as a chaos draft. Did we cover that in any of our previous? No. What's what's the no. difference with the chaos draft? Then? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Um, so it's the difference mainly is that with chaos drafting, you don't get to pick the packs. It's usually decided for you ahead of time. Oh, and pick a pack. So, so like actually deciding. Yeah, so we pick a pack. Like the players will pick packs, and then that's what's drafted. In chaos draft, usually you show up, you pay a set fee, and then you get a random pack that the store provides. Oh, the oh. way I read pick a pack was it's either either way. You oh, okay. Necessarily okay. choose the packs. Uh, you can. Okay. Every time I've I've seen it where it's chosen for you, it's been called chaos draft. So if you see then the phrase chaos draft, that's what it means. Yeah. Okay. But in in this particular in this format, you get to see some really neat interactions that you don't ever get to see very often uh, in, in a draft format, like shadow and equipment. You know, <laughs> you're not going to see that very often. Probably works fine. Works probably well. works. Probably works well. All right. One last draft is a back draft. This is one I've always wanted to try, but I haven't been able to yet but it's a it's it's a regular draft just like any other using regular packs you know and if you want to make this a pick a pack backdraft and you can mix and match a lot of this junk um but it's a regular draft but at the end of the draft you give the deck you drafted to the person across from you and you receive their deck so that's the deck you're going to play with so the idea here is you want to build something that has no synergy and doesn't work well together and is just ultimately going to be a pain to play and it's it starts getting what's what's funny is it get, it starts getting harder and harder as the uh uh you know like when you're normally drafting uh uh it kind of gets a little bit towards the end of the packs it's kind of starts getting a little easier to decide what to pick out of the pack because you know there's maybe only one card in your color or something like that but in this, it actually gets harder and harder because the cards are getting better as you go. Yeah. So then you have to start like hemming and hawing over. It's like, ah, it's, you know, here's a here's a, a, a do. Do I pick the bomb that's not in the colors of the deck or do I pick the mediocre card that is in colors? I ah, don't know. <laughs> So it it creates that interesting tension, and then if you do, uh, if you craft a truly masterful pile of garbage, it's just giving it to the person across from you is very very satisfying. Yeah. So my understanding is like mana fixing is last pick. You want to avoid it as much as possible. 
Yes. Because it makes decks playable. <laughs> yes, mon mana confluence. No. No, you don't want that. <laughs> uh. Unless you're on the only draft lands plan. <laughs> oh. Where, where you, like, seems risky, though, when you're getting that last lack, last pick Jace, you know what I mean? Right, but, like, if it's if their deck is, like, five good cards in all lands, like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, yeah, so that's it. That's, uh, that's all the draft formats that were listed as legal. Uh, a little peek into the future of what our final episode on this would be about. It looks like it'll be about tribal wars vanguard from my youth build your own standard i think i think everyone knows what that one means block party invent your own format any combination of above so we'll go through every single combination possible no we won't uh we already covered there are so so for for the record i've run the numbers oh, uh, if you go any any combination of the above from this list there are 351 options assuming you only choose two <laughs> assuming that so what is this <laughs> Technically, because Invent Your Own Format is on here, technically couldn't all of these just fall within Invent Your Own Format? Yes, but that would be like really what's could. exciting announcement. They could have just they could have just put up here FNM formats, invent your own, done. And whatever masters. you want. Whatever you want. No cards that cost over five dollars TCG player mid price. I'd play it. Your deck uh, might so become actually, illegal illegal I, mid mid tournament. <laughs> I saw a format posted just today. By uh, uh, Brian David Marshall, who you you may know from Pro Tour coverage, uh, on Facebook, he said uh, he wanted to know if you could play standard, but you had to choose whether to play cards from Cons of Tarkir or Dragons of Tarkir, and you couldn't play the other one. That's cute. Which would you play? Which is kind of neat, given the the timeline thing that's going on in the story. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I would probably play Cons just because I know more of the cards. I don't know the cards for either, so I'll abstain. Well, it depends, it depends whether or not you want to play with Megamorph. Yeah, That's I, the dumbest. <laughs> it's so it's awful. But do we spend some time trying to figure out if there was a, a, a better name? And There is. It's called Morph. And you just say, as this is turned face up, it gets a plus one, plus one. No, that doesn't, that, doesn't, that, doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't scratch the same itch because they want they want it to be... They want it to be something different. They want it to be an alternate version, so they have to give it a different name. They can't just say morph with this extra. I know that's what they did, okay, but they got to call it something else for the purposes of achieving their vision of different morph. You follow? I I mean, I follow what you're saying. I just think they're wrong. I just don't think they should have done it. I think they should have just made it morph or just... So Anyway, that's a preview into our, into our uh, <laughs> uh, episode. Is that, our, really our notes episode. is that really enough? Because when we, we're going to talk about tribal, we're going to spend about, you know, tribal wars is, you know, 20 of a creature type. Hey, hey, don't spoil it. What? And then we're going to move on to Vanguard. Hey, don't spoil it. Oh, man, we could spend so much time on Vanguard. These are uh, like our fast episodes. They're all we got that are fast. Yeah. It's true. Uh, yeah, so, after we spent so, oh, uh, so, four podcasts well, we've got some about... We've got some news, right? Yeah, we like, do have some news got... and we got some emails. Yeah, oh, okay. let's talk right. about that. All right. So first off, our news. We have two new level three judges. Uh, first off, Joe Huto from the Northeast. Yes, he was he, on a few episodes ago. Yeah, he has been on a few times, and yet I don't know where he's from exactly. He is from the Northeast. Thank you. <laughs> Um, somewhere up there he he his store is like a uh 
Massachusetts, I'm pretty sure. I believe. Pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure it's Amherst, Massachusetts. So let me double check on Facebook. They get paid in in like love bucks or something like that. Hedons. Hedons. Yeah, I remember from when he was on the show. You know, it's good that we're going back to Zendikar because Zendikar has those Hedons too. (laughs) (laughs) And we have Nils Vien. No, you didn't even try there. I that was a try, and I don't. I also don't know where he's from. Where's he from, Brian? Ah, uh, Europe. Europe. Okay, so we got a guy from the Northeast and a guy from Europe. So congrats to you guys. Hold we on, have hold clearly on. done research. I'll yeah. find. I'll. I got it. Well, didn't it's... we? Didn't we stop announcing L threes anyway? We did. I'm, he's from. Joke. He's from Belgium. We we did that when Brian made L three. We, we stopped announcing L threes when Brian made L three. We started yeah. again when I made L three though. <laughs> did we? Okay. <laughs> so so for some of you that I I gotta tell this because longtime listeners will know this, but we used to we announced every L three, and then when I made L three, uh, I I had mentioned to CJ off air or CJ about about a month before I I was scheduled to test. Uh, CJ's CJ's like, ah, do we really need to? announce l3s every time and i was like yeah it's a it's a good thing people get oh wait 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 i got a great idea we're gonna do it up until i make l3 and then you can just stop right in the middle like right before you announce that i made l3 you can just decide to quit and cg's like yeah that's a funny idea let's do that so then you know fast forward a month later make l3 cj starts to announce it and then he just decides you know it's like yeah you know we do that I don't think we want to. And I act all like hurt and pretend, uh, you know, pretend hurt and stuff like that. CJ got, I want to call it hate mail, but like he got mail calling him mean. Yeah. People, people thought I was really mean for doing that to you. Right. And we we ran with it for about a month or two. Yeah. We, so, yeah, we did. We, we ran, ran that one out for a while. <laughs> I think, no, no, we ran that until I got L3. Did yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's, I could be mistaken about that, but I think we ran it until I got L3 because when I hit L3, we said it was good to have an L3 on the show. Yes. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're right. I do remember that now. But CJ CJ got got really angry mails about how angry how how mean he was and how you were teasing me. So listeners, I appreciate I appreciate that, but uh, for those of you that, that are new, that was a joke we ran. Uh, for those of you that wrote in, I appreciate that. CJ's not really that mean. I am kind of mean though. Yeah, just mean. a little bit, but not about yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, not about that kind of stuff. More like personal just, just, things. Like yeah, he's you know just, he's mean about not caring where Niels is from. Yeah. So, oh, um, do we want to talk about the the playmat thing? Uh, you know, I don't know what it is, but yes, I've not. Okay, I, so I, haven't been able to I actually do know what it clues. is. So, uh, this is one of the few times I'm going to say this because it's purely a visual thing. But if you're listening to this, be sure to check out the the actual show notes on our website so that so that we yeah i'm gonna make you put in the show you hear my scuff (laughs) the actual show notes on the website so you can click the link and see this uh steve argyle did a piece of artwork that is specifically for judge playmats in the year 2015 uh that all of the premier tournament organizers uh that is the people that run gps have access to so how they're going to be distributed we don't know yet but it's not just specific to one organizer and they're really sweet. And he has on his Tumblr some commentary about what you think in the art represents. And it's really cool. So, um, so go ahead. So my understanding of it, and you can correct me, I, I did read what he said because he was saying nice yeah. things about judges. Um, my understanding is he's he's just basically made this and said 
uh, organizers can use it or are there specific plans that an organizer will use it? Uh, well, I know at least one organizer already has. Okay. Uh, so, so I know that people, anybody that was on staff for GP Denver, uh, well, I don't know if, okay, let me rephrase that. I don't know whether it was anybody or certain people, but I know that there were people on staff for GP Denver who have gotten this in the mail. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I, I don't know, I don't know any details as to who got it or what their plan was to distribute it, but I know it's already been given out to some judges and it probably will continue to be given out to others. It just hasn't been any details. Basically, Steve Argyle was like, here, judges are awesome. Here's a piece of artwork he gave of his time. It's actually really good. And I mean, obviously, it's Steve Argyle, but <laughs> uh, but it's really sweet. It has meaning behind it. And you should check out if you're interested in, in judges or if you're interested in collectible items, you should check it out. Um, and it's uh, we don't have the, all the details yet, uh, but I'm very interested in it. So as soon as we know some, basically, anytime this is going to be like given out anywhere, I'll make sure we announce it here because I think it's awesome. Cool. Uh, other thing I wanted to mention is, Jess, you actually wrote an article and posted it on JudgeCast.com. I, I think article is 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 generous. Blog post. Um, uh, yeah. No. I. I. So here's the thing. Uh, a little while back, uh, the exemplar program was going on. So uh, L2 plus judges could submit rec uh, recognitions for um, people that they felt have done things deserving of recognition in the judge program. And I wrote about some of the attitudes that are going on about that with people have this idea that they can't find people to recognize, quote unquote. Um, and it kind of frustrates me a little bit and I wanted to get that out. So I wrote something that, you know, the deadline's passed now, but I feel like it's it's relevant for this kind of thing, uh, for, for recognizing people. You should go recognize people even when it's not the time when we recognize them on an official source. You should just go tell people, right? Like, hey, you're doing a good job. Yeah. 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 And so, so you can read that at judgecast.com. Um I'm not going to say we're going to regularly be posting things there, but every once in a while we might. And I'm sure we'll mention it on the show when it happens. Yeah, this was kind of just a wild hair I had. Yeah. Uh, so fine. so I was like, hey, I want to get this out. And and we had a platform to do it. So that was yeah. good. I, I, if we get good feedback, maybe we'll keep doing stuff like that. I don't so, know. So one, I, I think one of the one of the cool things or one of the, the things to drive home is um, – it's you know we 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 say a whole lot you know pra praise in public uh uh condemn in private or or you know whatever negative word you want to use in place of complaint um <laughs> but but sometimes praise in private is really really valuable too like you know, it's one thing if you post on Facebook and you're like, oh, this person did something so incredibly awesome. I want everybody to know how awesome this person did. But sometimes that can come off as, as kind of impersonal because you're just kind of like you're just kind of like laying it out there. But if you go to the person and you're just like, hey, this thing that you did is really meaningful because of this X, Y, Z. And it's really just between you two. That can also have like a a a. a completely different vibe to it um even though you might be saying the same thing the fact that it's one-on-one -on -one and it's very personal uh something like that can mean a lot more than than some sort of public public show yep so uh, but there's other things about people yep. <laughs> there's, a, there's other stuff in there too so if you're interested in the exemplar program uh if you're interested in you know what people were saying on facebook about it or whatever and you in my thoughts on that uh check it out at judgecast.com all right, cool. Uh, one last little thing. This isn't news, but uh, 
both Brian and I will be in Dallas this weekend. Oh, yes. I swear. We're, we're I will leaving be, our great region. I will not be there with you guys. I'm sad. Yeah. I thought about it, but I got roped into judging this IQ locally. Oh. And, oh. Uh, and I, I, I am only pretending to be upset about that. I'm actually very excited about it <laughs> uh, because because believe it, it's so two things about this. First of all, this will be the first I, uh, invitational qualifier I have ever judged. Oh. Um, this is a thing I've never done before. Uh, I've judged events of this size before, but never anything that was labeled Star City Games IQ. Um, and the second thing is that I get this is an excuse to wear my sweet red Star City Games head judge shirt, oh. uh, which is kind of overkill, but I'm totally going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> those those are. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be I'll, I, I've, always felt, red shirt. I've always felt guilty taking taking those, but they say we can. So I didn't yeah. take my red one. No, 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 they say that's that's one of those L3 perks. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> I was I was not even told I could. I was just told they, they they're like, you're L3. You don't have to give it back. I was like, oh, OK, cool. Yeah, but then they follow up with just next time you you do a, an open, you need to bring that one. Yeah, I was never told that. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's do a quick few emails and wrap this bad boy up. Uh, so first Sweet. off, because that's the end of the news. So first off, uh, we got a couple emails from, let's see here, Jason Chance and JD Steele. Uh, they both emailed us because last time we could not figure out what the purpose of 400.7 F is. <laughs> and Jason sent a very long thing, so I'm going to just read it. Um, but now, for the record, before you rule. before you fire this off, for the record, I thought I mentioned suspend, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Anyway, continue. I, he he explained it very fully, so I'm going in. I was listening to your most recent episode, Zoned Out, and and you ran across some trouble figuring out when on earth rule 400.7F would be necessary. So this is the rule, the uh, if an effect grants a non-land card an ability that allows it to be cast, that ability will continue to apply to the new object that card became after it moved to the stack as a result of being cast this way. Uh, he says, this happens to be a favorite piece of rules trivia of mine, so I thought I'd share the story. The short version is that this rule is what allows Snapcaster Mage, Pass in Flames, Recoup, and Drown New Lich, Lich, Lich Lord <laughs> to work. Uh, each... And all those spells cast uh, grant flashback to a card in your graveyard and sets the flashback cost equal to the card's mana cost. Prior to April 2009, both Recoup and Drownu had a weird wording that granted flashback to the card in the graveyard but didn't set the flashback cost until the casting process was begun. The argument was that the card on the stack wasn't the card which had been modified by Recoup Drownu, so the ability had to set the cost after the spell was on the stack so that the card would actually have a flashback cost when you determine the cost to cast the spell. Drownu was even printed with this weird version, so check him out for it. Blast from the past. But with the April 2009 update bulletin, Mark Gottlieb decided to add this kind of ability to the list of zone change memory exceptions, allowing them to revert recoup to its printed wording and eroding Drownu to match it, and also allowing them to use recoup's version on all similar cards going forward. Oh, and then he says we can share that information, which we just did. So I think that's a full explanation of that one. Also yeah. suspend, I guess. So this is <laughs> this is a consequence of 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 the show notes. Yes. Because uh, uh, I don't think we had planned in the original version of the show notes. We had planned on going down this list of exceptions. Yeah, we probably wouldn't have. So <laughs> the original version of the show notes was just kind of 
that that but that was the episode where we lost the show notes. Remember? Yes. Yeah. So we we, we didn't we kind of just were winging it. So right, and it's kind of <laughs> one of these things where it's like. It's really easy when the card's in front of you to be like, oh, this is the rule that applies. But again, going backwards the other direction, sometimes a little – yeah, takes a little while. Yeah. Uh, we still appreciate you guys writing in. Uh, uh, we here on JudgeCast, uh, uh, thank you. And we're going to blame CJ for deleting the show notes as to why we had problems with that. Yes, like five, min- five minutes before the episode too. It was, uh, anyway, we now have a new new folder for this in our Google Drive that just says, in the name of the folder, do not delete. (laughs) Yes. I think Uh, CJ probably did that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next email comes from Chris Meyer, who signed a different Chris Meyer. Do we have two Chris Meyers emailing us? It's possible. Um, He says, this came up at a KTKFRF casual sealed yesterday, and I think we resolved it right, but I wanted a second opinion. If I activate Humble Defector, who reads, draw two cards. Target opponent gains control of Humble Defector. Activate this ability only during your turn. And retain priority to cast Swift Kick, and the Defector dies in the resulting fight, do I still get to draw two cards? So Swift Kick, as you may have surmised, makes the Humble Defector fight something else. So you activate it, do the Swift Kick, Taylor Swift Kick, Yep. Humble Defector dies as part of the fight, do you still get to draw the cards? And there, and when the humble defector dies, there's nothing but a blank space left. Yes, <laughs> where it used to be. Yes, that's correct. Uh, well, no, there's not just a blank space. There's still this trigger on the stack that lets you draw two yeah. cards. So, are we out of the woods yet, or what's up? You get to draw those cards with style. Is that another Taylor Swift joke? <laughs> yes, yeah, they all is. are. They I, all okay, are. I'm so <laughs> hey, sorry. This, I, is, this is. I mean, I knew this was trouble when you mentioned Taylor Swift. So. <laughs> um, I this feel is, like that's also a Taylor Swift joke. It is. You yes. don't know Taylor Swift, do you? I. Oh my god. Man. I know the. I know the that is not acceptable. I know the "Why You Gotta Be So Mean" song, and I know the 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 really recent stuff. So. I mean, oh this, wait, the this, trouble. That's the one that they had the. the they the made goat. the mock video of the goat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Also, this card is red. That's also a Taylor Swift reference <laughs> to both an album and a song. I, All right. I'm not, I just came wanting. I want to keep making Taylor Swift references to make make Brian feel. I know like normally that. this is this is me making the references that you give that one of you guys don't get. I don't know if I like this going in the other direction. <laughs> so you somewhere in there you actually said he gets to draw the cards, right? Yes. Okay. Next question. <laughs> well, hold on. We should probably explain, go into a little bit more detail. Oh, I thought so, you. I so, so once activated, references. Yes. Once once activated. Uh, the the humble defector activates its ability exists independent from the defector, so even if the defector dies, kind of out from under it, the the ability is still there. So, and since it doesn't uh, 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 do anything funny or fancy or anything like that, it just has you draw two cards. You can draw two cards. Hmm. Cool. Cool. All right, I'm not gonna do another one. Yeah. All right. I heard you. I, <laughs> I was thinking about it too. I heard the little hamster running on the wheel. We'll see. We'll sorry, see. sorry, Shane, we're done with, with Taylor Swift references. Is that what's happening here? Oh, we'll see. <laughs> All right, next email from Robert. He says, thank you for putting out this great podcast. I think he emailed the wrong people. I have a question about how an illegal action should have been handled at a recent event. Here's the scenario. Adam controls Abzan Beastmaster, which reads, at the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card if you control the creature with the greatest toughness or tied for the greatest toughness. In response to the Beastmaster's upkeep trigger, Adam casts Smite the Monstrous to destroy one of Nathan's creatures. 
so that Adam will control the creature with the greatest toughness. Adam draws his card for Beastmaster, draws for the turn, attacks, then passes. After Nathan has drawn his card for the turn, Adam realizes that he couldn't actually cast Smite the Monstrous because none of his lands could make white mana. Adam calls a judge. How should the judge rule if the event is regular Ariel, and how should the judge rule if the event is competitive Ariel? I hope there's no uh, bad blood between these two players. I don't think they're ever getting back together. Yeah. That one I got. <laughs> <laughs> I got that one. All right. I'm feeling really bad about all these jokes that I'm not getting. <laughs> like, I'm really, really sad. I've, I, I, I feel like I've got teardrops on my guitar. What this, come on. We don't hey, reference our country stuff. What? We don't Pretty listen much. to that. Yeah, no, it's not. No. Not okay. No, not okay. You can't, not okay. Do, I can't do country stuff. No. Crap. I wish you would answer this question. That was another one. Is it? Yes. All right. So, <laughs> okay. So, so really, so let's let's talk from a from a penalty standpoint. So penalties only exist at competitive up. Um. So this is what's going to be is it is a game rule violation. Uh, so, uh, Adam is going to get a game rule violation and Nathan is going to get a failure to maintain game state at competitive plus at regular, there are no penalties, so they're not going to get that. Then we look at fixes. Um, the prescribed fixes in both, uh, both regular and, uh, competitive for stuff like this is you really have two options. Um, either leave the game as is or rewind to the point of error which in this case would be uh the casting of of smite the monstrous so regardless of what rel you're at you need to assess whether or not the game is better or worse if you leave it alone okay so ideally a good a good rewind is a rewind where you go back in time you fix things and then you jump forward in time and Biff is not waxing your truck. <laughs> um, everything is kind of the same as it should have been in the, in the first place. Uh, so, what do you guys think? Okay, so what what all is the stuff that has to would have to be rewound in order to do this? But I thought we wanted Biff waxing our truck. It, well, not if you're Biff. <laughs> so there's three separate draws were made, and a creature was killed, and and an attack. So the creature was killed to smite the monsters. I we don't know if creatures were killed in combat as well. Right. So we have we have from from this standpoint we have we have an opponent's draw. We have an opponent's untap to do. Yes, that's true. Okay, which which involves remembering what lands they had. We have a combat which probably included damage, possible creature death. Okay. Then we have the card draw for the turn. And then we have the casting of Smite the Monstrous, which which killed the creature. That's a lot of stuff. And the fact if that creature's not dead, if it's on the battlefield, combat might not have occurred or combat might have gone very differently. Those kind of things. So at competitive, I would not feel very good about rewinding this. I agree. Me too. Okay. Yep. Regular, you got a little bit a little bit more playroom. But I'm I'm still kind of meh on on rewinding it regular as well, and I agree with that as well. I yeah I agree also. It's it's just a little too much. Also, yeah, it's the the other thing is you know anytime you do a rewind, there's always the risk that you're going to screw something up, you know, and and 
not and every, uh, yeah everything has changed at that point yeah sometimes right. all, you, all you have to do is stay with the same board state yeah rather than rather than begin again yeah yeah makes sense this is this is not i okay not okay not okay i mean i mean i i, I guess i mean is... i think cj and i know this feeling all too well <laughs> um just I got another. I can't we even almost tell have, We almost have the entire <laughs> 1989 album, but Welcome to New York is really tough to squeeze in there. <laughs> I know because I just have it open and I'm just reading off of it. <laughs> Don't worry, man. Just shake it off. Shake it oh, off. yeah, I will. I will. Uh, all right. We answered it. <laughs> all right. Last email from Tanner who had a PS on here that he wanted to wish his friend Joe Huto congrats on making level three. Maybe he's from the hippie commune as well. Tanner says, Hi, JudgeCast crew. Recently, I had a judge make a ruling that is inconsistent with a ruling a judge made at a different event a while ago. In the recent event, my opponent and I realized after the game had concluded that Teamer Battle Rage had been cast on a creature that had protected from red, which was the reason I took lethal damage. We called a judge over while we were shuffling for the next game after I realized this, and the judge did not give a GRV to my opponent for illegally casting the spell. The judge's explanation for this was that the game was already concluded and no penalties could be given for a game that was not in progress. However, sometime last year, I think it was GP Richmond, I had thought seized my opponent during the game and forgot to take a card from my opponent's hand because I'm dumb. <laughs> the, old, <laughs> the old self-shock thought seize. Uh, after the conclusion of this game and realizing my mistake, I called a judge and was given a GRV for not resolving the spell correctly, even though we were shuffling for the next game. Has the policy for giving penalties after the completion of a game changed since then? If not, which is the correct ruling? Can GRVs or other such penalties be given for games that have already concluded? Sorry, I'm looking up Taylor Swift albums. <laughs> no, of course you are. <laughs> well, you're, trying, like, you're trying to fight back. I am trying to fight back. All right, so... Um, <sighs> Sometimes you'll see situations where penalties can be given out after a game, but those are very specific. For the most part, we don't give penalties outside of the games that they occur in. Um, so so in, in this case, particularly game rule violations, right? In, yeah. in this for, for game rule violations, we, we this isn't something we're going to do. The, the, the times where we do issue them after the game has ended um, all have to do with with usually tournament errors that aren't involving that game specifically or unsporting conduct. Um, so like, I, I, I can't see that we're going to here. Yeah. So with the information provided to us, right. The quote unquote correct thing here is, is once the game's over, we generally won't give a game rule violation for a, a game that's complete for something that happened in a game that was, that is now complete. An, an honest mistake. Yeah. If it's cheats. Yeah. They, they don't, they, those yes. things don't expire. Right. All right, that's all our emails. So if you out there want to contact us and tell us your favorite Taylor Swift song, which it better be blank space, otherwise I don't understand you, you can email us at judgecast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash judgecast or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash judgecast. All right, guys, you got anything else? You want to try to get one more in there, Brian, before we wrap up? No, there's no need to begin again. I don't. Uh, Jess already used I it. I got that one already. Oh, yeah. did? Crap. I mean, I don't. I, don't I didn't even to, tell. I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't want it, us to end with bad blood here, but I already used that one. But you apparently, used that just, one too. Yeah. Um, man, I'm I'm even trying to look at these for the sign just off. Breathe, and I man. Like I can't tell. Yeah. Going too fast. <laughs> it's I can't only in your wildest dreams would you actually come up with one. I guess. Ah, uh, I can't even tell if that's one. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you guys so much. <laughs> yep.
Oh, boy. All right. Well, my name's CJ Schrader. I keep it fair. I'm Jess Dunks, and I'm feeling 22. I'm Brian Pro, and I keep it fun. I mean, it's not very often that CJ and I have a reference that you don't get. Yeah. Not the other way around, right? I like it's usually me that doesn't get the references. Right. You guys were saying stuff, and I'm like, is that one? Did they just give me a pen? I can't tell. And I bring up the discography, and I'm like, I was like, they, some of these are really easy to work in. They've probably gotten me a dozen times already. <laughs>